door is hard to open. Uh, there goes half a star on my Yelp review. Welcome to the City Grill. Please have a seat. I'll be back to take your order in just a minute. Ugh, look at this weird fork. Yelping. It smells like food in here. Yup. I can't believe this place has four stars. I mean, this is clearly a three-star establishment. <laughs> um, what are you gonna order? Oh, well, Angela D said the hanger steak was mouth-watering perfection. Mm, cause Catherine K said it was just so-so and a bit on the tough side. Yeah, but Catherine K also gave Olive Garden three stars because they gave her too many breadsticks. <laughs> <laughs> What? 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 Oh my god. The breadsticks are unlimited. Everyone knows that. Everyone. I feel like, <laughs> what have you been yelping since 2009? <laughs> uh, uh. Are you ladies ready to order? We need more time. Okay, we'll be right back. Oh, barf. Waiter called us ladies yelping. Waiter seemed like he was just like being a waiter. Yelped. Ugh. Ooh. Take a picture of me with this weird fork. Yeah! We're recording to you from Seattle, Washington, neighborhood South Lake Union, Studio 212, still part of the Soundcast Network. They haven't kicked us off yet. Episode 118 of Grill, how much fucking longer is it gonna be on that goddamn stage? Chef, I'm in the shits. I got it. I just had to refire, and we've got a line full of tickets. And I'm just, I mean, okay, okay, okay. Three minutes, it's in the window, Chef. It's in the window. Thank you. I'm gonna be one of the hosts of this podcast. My name is uh, Mr. Robert Stills. Uh, with me in studio, co host, the Puerto Rican in the fro, always cooking at Otto. Oh, hey. Shit. Eric Rivera. Hi. In the motherfucking house, on time, hair on fleek. Uh, Keith Boogie. I am here. Queef Master. Mm. Uh, risotto. <laughs> risotto. Risotto Kid. We haven't said that one in a while. A risotto Kid. That's a good one. Prosciutto Prince. Okay. My, my problem is, is that whenever shit starts to fail and I can't think of anything else, I'm like, I just make a risotto with it. No, but you know what? If yeah. you want to stir some shit up, the risotto thing's good. Ooh, Ooh God. Damn. Damn. Again, too much corn. The boys are jokes. on fire. <laughs> All right. It'd be a corny stirred one if it was That's, polenta. Oh, my Lord. No? Oh, my Lord. God damn it. I already derailed everything. So, quick update. I ran into, I got to hang out with Johnny Toonami. Toonsters today. Johnny. Baby Harlem. Shout out Sarah. He misses everybody. He's, you know, dad life. <laughs> Keith was just having the dad life, had his kids here. And uh, we got to hang out. It's all good. Uh, he's going to be moving to uh, Lucinda, which is nice. Eduardo's Super uh, heirloom grain-based place. Grandier. A.K.A. Uh, the waiting room of, yeah. of June Baby. Well, that'll be great for him. But they're going to be doing uh, only serving dark liquor. Oh. You know? Like apparently. Is there is there a reason behind that? I don't. I don't. The South. Did they have like some? Know. No, I mean, just like, <laughs> did they like do some collaborations or something like that? And have no. Shout out Elmer Dula. Okay. He's in charge. Okay, cool. But Johnny's gonna be over there. He's gonna be running the food thing, I guess. Uh, taking Danny over there, working to run front, help run front of the house. Uh, so be on the lookout. It's gonna be open up in December. I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. down to check. If I can get, if I can go there and really quickly, and there's no line, and get me a, something real quick. A little grain bowl. Um, when you're um, out? 
Yeah, sure. I'm pretty cool. So lunchtime's going to be good. Uh, Keith wanted to talk about Shoda's uh, new spots opening up. Eater, you read any information on it? What do yeah. you know about it? Um, I just saw the stuff that Adam Callahan posted. Uh, said it's going to be in Capitol Hill. Not too sure on the open date. You know, one, two, three dollar skewers. Kind what? of more approachable food. What is old place used to be called? Uh, well, it's still he still has Adana. No, but it was it was called something else before Adana. Uh, Naka. Naka. That's right. And that was purely just like Kaiseki style. That like, was, it was fire. Yeah. It just didn't. Yeah. I don't know why it didn't translate. I, I just think it was a. It, it's too the much. neighborhood is a little weird. Um, it's fire. And it takes time to kind of do that style of cuisine here in the city. It's like fire. it takes a following. Straight from what I've seen. Fire. Uh, what else do we want to? Uh, any short stuff, Keith? We wanted to talk about. Uh, no, but just to follow up on what the food is going to be, it's going to be kind of a traditional Japanese street skewers. So it's basically fried and grilled shit on a stick. That should be great. Um, it's like really uh, prevalent in Osaka, and. Um, it sounds fucking delicious. It sounds amazing. I mean, there's nothing like that in the city, and I think the city needs more Japanese stuff that just isn't ramen. You know what I mean? I feel like, or ramen or sushi, right? And so I feel like we have a, got a lot of really good choices for that, and it's cool to kind of see like more different styles of food. Yeah, the ramen thing is popping up here. I yeah. was walking up on Capitol Hill the other day, and there was a, it said a ramen spot uh, on Capitol Hill, grand opening tonight. Well, I said, a, let me go by and check this. Is that the one out. in the place of Ten Ten U? Yeah. Oh, okay. Line down around the block, all young Asian people. Yeah, and I'll, do surprised. they know something I don't know, uh, or so, is it is it just they flock to ramen? No, I mean, or some of these places have stories, so a lot of yeah. them are like actual restaurants. They're in chain, Japan. but they're Correct. I've heard they I've read up on some of these places, and they're not all. None of them are from here. No, but they're well regarded. They are busy over there. They some have like Bib Gourmand and Michelin and, and, Star and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And this is their first first outpost in North America. You when know, chain over there means something a little bit different. Yeah. Than it does here we think of these like really mass-produced uh, kfc yeah Taco but Bell, they yeah. actually p still care about the food in those contexts right and so they they don't just like throw sh it's like a shake shack almost I it's like when they at least care about what they're doing when 1010 U opened up that was their hardest thing because they brought like an opening crew and they were just having a hard time with staffing as is everybody in seattle um kind of getting their point across over and over and over again and i think they just kind of said fuck it give up we don't need this you know yeah. we're we're successful in japan um but you've seen some other ones like betsu tenjin you know they came in and they're that's amazing. Well, it's really been, good. Ramen was big on the east side for at least a couple of years because mm -hmm. there's a place in downtown Bellevue, and I can't remember the name offhand, but it serves goddamn delicious ramen. Yeah. Like, you know, a jalapeno miso broth with, like, shashu and... Yeah. Oh. But I like the other, you know, you have oink. You know, right in the same area. Oh, and that's I, I like so, so, so goddamn good. And that just kind of like bars against tradition. He doesn't do a lot of flavors that you'd normally get. So I like the ramen stuff. I think, you know, Capitol Hill is like the area <laughs> for, for ramen now. And it's just, it's really cool because, I mean, we walk to all of them all yeah. the time. And it's it's nice to have that. I don't know why I can't find the name of this place. but I'll be honest. Tanai? I'm not sure. The first I, time I, I want to go. I usually give him a couple weeks. And first time I had real work ramen. Work the kinks out. Mm -hmm. Uh I actually thought to myself, you know what, man? They should just serve like this broth as a fucking drink that you can pick up on the street, like hot yeah, chocolate. That'd be super rad. I was thinking about the other day. I had a cater out this week and we had to buy these uh, coffee urns uh, to do like hot chocolate things. And I was just like, I'm just going to set these up as broth stations at <laughs> yeah. the restaurant and yeah. then people can have their little sides yeah. and just walk in, walk out, make a really nice broth and be like, yeah, it's a dollar. I don't give a shit. Like 12 ounces. Fine. Well, this, uh, what's the place that uh, that's in uh, Chop House Row? Oh, that Johnny shit. used to work out the soup place. Uh, sure. Mar uh, Marmot. 
Oh, Marmite. Yeah, yeah Marmite. I would there like I was like great man. I can just pick up some like some soup mm-hmm. rod, like some starter, right? Mm-hmm. It's so expensive. Yeah, it is. And it's like I'm like, what are you putting in here? That's making. I think this it's stuff? a product. I think that's a product of the area. The, like, the rents are fucking insane. I'm like, high for this price, just, fuck no, I'm gonna make yeah. it my fucking self. Yeah, and, and there's a lot. But of I can't do that with ramen. No, there's a lot of people that are big fans of that place, and I went in. It's a good. few Times it's good. It wasn't super like super fucking expensive. It wasn't best restaurant at the time no. in America by you know AKA magazine type thing. But I was like, okay, cool, it's good. You know. Yeah, I liked it. It was just a little overpriced. They even gave me a discount because I ended up knowing That's fine. somebody there. But still. So, Eric has some great news uh, for people in the industry. I don't know how I feel about it. We're, got, we're gonna get into it, but uh, Mr. Rivera. Yeah, I mean, I was t- I got us, excited about away. this one. It just kind of popped up on my little Google thing, uh, and it's <laughs> most excited. <laughs> yeah, I got about I the like, show. I was, super I was like, excited. let's talk about it. He was like, the fuck yeah, fuck, gonna- fuck yeah, we're going to. Uh, so Yelp, everybody's non-favorite favorite company. It it just said that there was a report that they created as much as thirty-two percent because they haven't actually gained new advertising customers during the quarter, uh, and they're just like lower than expected and slash its full year revenue guidance, and they're just kind of in the shit right now, which is fantastic to me. Um, and this is more on a business owner side that I ended up finding out kind of how really Yelp works, which is pretty crazy. Uh, when I opened auto, started getting all these calls and emails about all this stuff and how Yelp can help and do all these things. And then I started to get this thing of, Oh, if I saw a picture pop up on one, uh, for auto and I said, Hey, how do I change that? And they're like, well, you can change it, but you need to pay $25 a month. And we'll allow you to change it. And I was like, okay. And then we have this bonus tier where if you wanted to, you know, kind of change reviews or do this other stuff. And I'm like, are you fucking yeah. kidding me? Let me let me give a couple couple like facts about um, some things people might not know about Yelp. Mm-hmm. So that's before Eric gets into facts. it. Facts. Facts. So most of its traffic comes straight from its homepage. Like people don't search. It's not that people are searching places and going to Yelp. They're going mm-hmm. to their homepage. And so the stuff on the homepage is what people are really looking at and where they're tr- steering the traffic to. Um, restaurants aren't the most popular thing on Yelp. It's mostly shopping. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you know retail uh, nail spaces. salons, that type yeah, of thing. Exactly. Yeah. They encourage their customers to uh, post bad reviews. They get enough good reviews. But uh, a lot of the elite Yelpers and stuff like that, um, they have like a 50-50 split mm-hmm. of good and bad reviews. So they encourage people to post bad reviews too. And that's the thing about it is, is like, you know, when you go to a good place, you want to praise the place. Of course. For being good. It's the, Free-ish, it's yeah. the cocksuckers that want to shit on a place. Yeah. And, and maybe not even give them a second chance. That's what kind of pisses me off. That's kind of tough. And that, I think that's the biggest thing. It's people have expectations going into a space or if they say, Oh, like all the, all the Yelp reviewers went there and elite Yelpers told me, um, those people love us on Yelp stickers that you see in windows and stuff like that. You can't buy them. You got to earn them by sucking off, uh, Yelp people. Uh, they also, (laughs) they also provide, uh, provide free signage for, uh, restaurants that they, that they work with. Mm -hmm. Um, they have paid for reviews in the past. Uh, for people. And then, yeah, uh, the biggest thing that'll affect your review is uh, dealing with customer service. Right. So uh, they have been known to uh, like put bad reviews more towards the top if uh, you don't get along with you. So sorry to interrupt. It's pretty crazy. No, it's all good. I just, that's one of the things I'd like to see just go away. You know, I've also been approached by, you know, Yelp 
uh, elite people about going, Hey, let's drum up some business for you. Hey, let's help you out. We want to come in. How do they contact you? Just directly either like Instagram, DM, uh, Gmail, whatever. Uh, they, they get your contact. It's easy. I'm easy to uh, find. Um, but yeah, they'll contact and say like, we want to bring in other elite Yelpers and, what can you do for us? It's going to be like 10 of us and <laughs> blah, 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 blah. And before you know it, you're like, that's going to cost me five, 600 bucks to put that on. And they're like, no, but it's good. Cause then we'll, you know, we're influencers and we can, you know, put social media. Yeah. And it's just like, well, fuck, I'm not going to give you $500. I'm going to give you $5, you know? Um, well, they say that, a a, a five-star review from an elite Yelper can uh, show as much as five to 9%. In sales. Well, I don't know if that's true. I mean, maybe on there, oh, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm oh, just saying that's know. kind of like, I, I think that's kind of bullshit because I actually have guests who are, <laughs> <laughs> and I haven't seen a difference or Nothing makes else. my it's penis just, go limper any faster than hearing the word elite. Yelper. It's just weird. And it, like people who introduce themselves that way, it's also weird. I've had that happen. How many is Bobby Stills? I'm yeah, a podcaster. I, yeah. And I'm also an elite. No, no, I'm an elite podcast. Elite, elite yeah. Podcast. I'm in the food service industry podcast business. Well, so, and you know what, this actually leads into kind of a broader question that uh, it's been bugging a lot of people. It's mm-hmm. like, we've decided that fuck Michelin stars because we shouldn't be leaving it to a tire company to rate the best restaurants sure. in the world. Sure. We said, fuck having the public do it on this platform because they're obviously fucking buffoons mm-hmm. um, half the time. I shouldn't say all of them. But so so how do we fill that void where people need to find out about stuff? And it can't just be word of mouth because they yeah. don't, you know, if you're going to a new city, you don't know anybody or who to trust. So how do you fill that void with something that's fair to owners, to customers and everyone else? Sure. I mean, I don't, I don't know what I'm looking at. It depends on how much money I'm going to spend at that restaurant. So I'll give you an example. We were talking about going to Vespertine for, uh, for Thanksgiving. I sit there and look at it and I go, okay, cool. It's not that I don't like what they have going on. It's not that I don't, you know, expect to have good food there or whatever else, A, B, C, D, E, F, G, but I'm like for the price and we're going to LA, is it really worth it at the end of the day? Is it something that's going to blow our minds? Is it something that's going to be like, holy shit, we found some new style of cuisine after this is like months talking about we're probably, we're like, no. You know, no, so I don't, you, don't, I don't. you don't see it as being, um, I know, but that's, that's, but that's, that's a, not because of a bad review. That really or anything. isn't well, that, that really isn't it. I mean, but that's there. I almost read, read like their stuff is 50 50 because I've looked at reviews that are very good and say, this place is fucking amazing. Yeah. And I've also looked at ones like, I don't get it, you know? And so I'm, I'm looking at that in a way, but I'm, I mean, that's like $600 to go eat dinner. That's a different story than saying $6. On the other hand, like, is Alinea worth the money? I think so. So do I. But then but again, some people, maybe in their my, minds, they, they, they yeah. might not say, like, right. they've read reviews and I've, all the reviews are good, but they'll say for the money, it's sure. not worth it. I mean, we went to Single Thread and there was barely any of that stuff going on, yeah. but I knew, like... Kyle's career all the way through I'm like this guy is a fucking R&D guy at Noma and at Fat Duck and he's been cooking forever and he's done all this crazy shit and so fuck yeah we're going there you know and and you know Ingrid sorted that which was really awesome and she you know made that happen for us and I mean but okay but you're you're coming at it so what Keith is asking where you're coming at it is from an industry person right and so I don't go, I still will give somebody a chance, but I go right. off of what my friends say. That's exactly right. I go what, off of yeah. somebody else's right. career. Mm-hmm. I go off of where they've worked at, who they've worked with, and we can ask. You totally. Can, but, can, but here's the thing. What I'm saying for normal people, yeah. not in the industry, for all you people yeah. that aren't, that are listening to this podcast that are not in the industry, you know, we recommend you asking somebody in the food service Absolutely. industry. I, I can't tell you how many times I have to stop a dinner halfway through 
uh, to to write a list of places to go eat all the time in Seattle, in Chicago, in LA, in New York, in Japan, in whatever. And it's a nonstop process. Yeah. You know, I have guests that I'm leaving to Madrid next week. What do you think? And I'm like, list. <laughs> Dude, you should print out little business cards. Yeah. With just lists for different cities. Probably like a little Rolodex. Yeah. yeah I just wear them around my neck. <laughs> Dude, you learn magic and you just shoot them out your sleeve. That'd be kind of cool. What's that behind oh, your the, ear? Oh yeah, yeah, like yeah, or have the big long like nylon thing that comes out of my 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 jacket like a clown. Or with that hair, you could pull off some pretty cool. That'd be shit. pretty. Yeah. You, Here's you, my top ten fro uh, recommendations brought to you by Yelp. You pull out like you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so back to Yelp. Yes. Is this the end of Yelp? Do you see this as I, the end of Yelp? I think they're probably going to get sold to somebody, like an AOL uh, or a Facebook or somebody like that who grabs onto them just for customer uh, acquisition, you know, like data. It, the, and the, it gets rebranded as something. Wh- why do you think Yelp is failing? What is your, what is your I opinion? I think at the end of the day, there's their impact isn't as strong as it was years ago. So people aren't... I, I can do targeted ads and reach around... Completely re- what Yelp reach around, bro. Yeah, damn it. Uh, <laughs> damn it. And you're right when I said it too. Um, I, I can go right around that whole Yelp marketing system now, and I can do it for a lot less. Yeah. So when I'm promoting my stuff on Instagram, I can see that I'm getting five to ten thousand people that I'm getting impressions on, rather than Yelp's maybe. And I can't see their stats. Well, they give me some stats, but not everything. Yeah. No. And Google, um, I think uh, my opinion is, is a lot of things. It's like. On your phone, everybody's on their phone. Right. When you look up Yelp on your phone, mm-hmm. you have to download the app. For sure. Yeah, uh, you do. And then also when you search on Google, Yelp doesn't come up first. They Google don't. has their own reviews Zagat. And Zagat Guide and then yep. also TripAdvisor. Yep. Um, and it just pops up right next to it and you can go straight to their website or you can do Google reviews because everybody has you do Gmail. That. Yeah, because then they also do Google Contribute for Google phones. Yeah. So you can actually put your own reviews and all that stuff. So that's kind of one thing that I do that's pretty like my little side funny thing where I like to take nice pictures in restaurants and post them. So it's not stupid shit user ones. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, and then it on I've thing. got enough points for Google reviews that mine usually go to the top. So it's kind of cool because then I go check out like a restaurant that I'm going to try and get directions uh, to. Elite, and, like, my, elite Google review. Yeah. My fucking pictures on there. I have like, it's, <laughs> That's me. it's kind of funny. Can yeah. I, free, I introduced myself app, that way now. Like free app? Johnny Appleseed of restaurant pictures. <laughs> I try, I try like seriously. I like Baka Baka and all these restaurants that I like, I take nice pictures and I post them and they go to the top and I'm like, see, somebody's doing good user review pictures. Do, do you know, do, I get kind of embarrassed taking pictures of my food. I don't all the time. I, I mean, uh, I, I do it all the time. I, I do it all the time, but I'm like, don't touch that. Let me, let me take a yeah, picture. I, I feel like, I don't know. I just, I can't do it very often. I got it into a habit when I worked in Chicago because when I would go out and eat and we would go out to these restaurants, I was the guy who was doing it. Stealing them ideas. That's no, funny. it wasn't. It was to make sure that we weren't doing something that they were doing. Uh, yeah. It was totally the opposite thing. Yeah. So I'd be like, okay, cool. But then when I think about like, I want to make a really badass sandwich. What's the badass ass sandwich I've ever had? I go through my pictures and I go, that's how I build it. Okay. Or that's what I take away. That's the thing I don't like. Yeah. So that's why I take a lot of I pictures. liked this sandwich, but this is what I did not like exactly. about this sandwich. And this is how I can improve and it. And there's a sense memory thing for me where I'm like, oh, I, I remember that stuff. sauce. Yeah. 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 That, yeah. That's, that's, it's something you walk away with from the dish. Mm-hmm. The dish overall might not totally. have been super great. So I don't, have, I don't need Yelp for that shit is what I'm saying. People don't need Yelp for that shit anymore. They're not doing that. They're not worrying about the review or the place where they went to last or looking back on things. They're going like, I can look at my Instagram feed. Fuck you. That's, I think Instagram is, <laughs> but I ultimately think the downfall is the Yelpers. 
It, well, totally. I think they've they left ruined a bad taste yeah. in everybody's mouth, and they pretty much let them run wild and yeah. write these reviews, and they didn't really uh, tighten down on what these yeah. people were saying. And, and double check. You know, checks well, and balances. And you go into a restaurant and say, this uh, place, don't ever go here. It's racist. They called me the N-word. And you just post it on the page, right? Yeah. And somebody from that restaurant goes, never happened. Well, it's just, we got we got to research real quick because you might have said, you know called somebody that you know what I'm saying. It's it have I've done it. I have done it where yeah. somebody has done something bad on. Let's say Dave. We were talking about Dave Meyer, sure. right? Yep. I had friends that was like went to the Yelp page for uh, Five Point Lost Lake and just was like, don't go eat there. One star, just one stars all across right. the board. Which maybe that's deserving, but. Still, at the end of the day, it's like, does that really reflect on the food or the business? You know. So we, you talked about, you know, Michelin Guide and all that kind of stuff. That you know, the top fifty list. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. It's San Pellegrino. Yeah. I, I voted for that one year. Yeah. I was a voter. Right. They never checked my receipts. <laughs> they never asked me to submit shit. They it was literally on site, like survey monkey type thing. Pay for play. Did and it was yeah. literally like, did you go to these restaurants? Yes, I went to this one, this one, this one. Okay. Tell us the best one and also vote for best pastry chef. Also vote for whatever, whatever, whatever. And it's like, I can Very do anything I want. You can do anything. And each restaurant who is a thing it, who was on the list gets up to like think five or six people yeah. who could be on there. Plus they have like media and other, you know, people who can vote as well. But I never submitted recipe or receipts. They're not checking that shit. Very interesting. It's all marketing shit. It's all marketing, dude. If you, if you, if you, I had this conversation a long time ago. It, if you look at how the people started to do like the mad, uh, the conference in Copenhagen and all that stuff, they tried to bring people in. Yeah. They started sponsoring all stuff. Then Sam Pellegrino was right in going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. You know what? All they were doing then was bringing in voters to that area so then they can vote for the restaurant. Yeah, yeah. And it's it's legit. I was like, fucking smart. 11 Madison Park did the same thing. They started doing San Pellegrino events in a top 50 event in North America. Number one. It's but good business. If it's great business. But I can't do that with elite Yelpers. We don't, I mean, but we, uh, but uh, and that's the, that's the thing. And this is where the trickle down happens is that we in the industry know what's going on. Right. But the normal person out there is willing to pay the money because of a Yelp site or a sure. review or an award. Yeah. And that, and that's, I racked my mind for a long time about this. And it's like, what's going to replace it? What, I don't, I don't know. What, what is the fair way to do is how do we do this? And, and with, with corporate money coming in and sponsorships behind these restaurants and these chefs and stuff like that, like how do we really, really put a spotlight you see, on people that deserve? Yeah. You see it on Facebook cause you can do Facebook reviews. Like my business has fa Facebook reviews. You see it on Instagram. They don't have rankings or anything like that, but you can see you had a really good review the other day. I think so. There's a Ballard like, Oh, Ballard's fancy. Oh yeah. It's, it's little, little yeah, pricey, we're, we're not cheap, but, but it is worth it. I, I'm okay with That's that. Great. I mean, I'm good i'd rather them say that than like everything's affordable because then somebody over, comes in and clicks and goes but also Fuck. Oh, but they didn't say it was overpriced no not at all you know? i mean i think we do good value but you know what i mean like there's all these reviews and rankings and then to a certain point like okay if you go to brunch with us at 25 dollars a person on a saturday is that going to break the world i don't know for you maybe but if you do our 20 course tasting and it's a couple hundred bucks is that going to still i don't know i mean that's up to the consumer i'm not, I'm not gonna put a gun down his head and say buy something you know i'd like him to buy but it's up to them true it, it comes down to the question i was asking before the same thing you just mentioned how do we replace it with something useful and relevant yeah and not completely full of shit it's a million dollar idea. i mean the the easiest thing would be like just fucking actually have a conversation with somebody <laughs> you know yeah. uh, talk to your friends or whatever and go from there i guess but, but I mean, people want something 
that they consider credible. Sure. Right? Yeah. I it's mean, like, I, you're right. Yeah. And, and, and the thing is, they don't even need it to be actually credible. They just need to have the illusion that it is. Yeah. I mean, I have people, we, we have people tell us all the time, you should check out this restaurant. It's fucking amazing. And ah, the hype train for the first six months are open. Then I go check it out and I was like, this is garbage. <laughs> and I'm out like money and I'm not happy. <laughs> but <do> not, <laughs> and but salt do, your fucking food. But do you go, do you go back and try it a second time? Just to give so, maybe so it something It depends on the wrong. price point. It depends on the price point. If it's expensive, fuck no. You better have your shit together if you're going to be at a certain price point and you don't know how to season your food or your timing sucks on a tasting menu or whatever, whatever, whatever. Fuck that. You should have that shit figured out. I've been in places where they've had off nights, though. Oh, you know what? And I blame the chef. To, I blame the chef owner no, for it. But then it. you can win hospitality wise. There's other ways. Yeah. You can, there's other ways you can win it. There's other ways you can get that back because I've also had food shit, sucks service. I've great. also had shit moments like this weekend where we had a full dining room and tasting menu on a tight uh, on time, on time, on time, on time. And I literally went to the fucking tables myself. And I said, hey, listen, I'm sorry about the timing. It's usually a lot faster. They're like, no, if we go somewhere else, it's like fucking stupid timing. Wow. But I'm like, no, this isn't like what I want. So I'm going to throw a couple extra things your way or I'm going to do this. or I'm going to do that. It's acknowledgement. Yeah. It's not trying to f- pull one over on anybody. True. Girl, how long is it, mister? God damn it, chef. It's in the window. The timing is off. It's in the, the window. The timing is off. All right, I'm sorry. It's cool. This is a quiet kitchen. I know. No. All right. Uh, <laughs> we hate Yelp. Uh, no cursing. No cursing. I'm sorry, Chef. Keep it down. Tell Peggy. I'm sorry. So a friend of mine was uh, worked the helped with the Alinea dinner at, mm-hmm. at your place. Which one? Uh, the Alinea dinner. Yeah, oh, no, Hammy. No. Chris, yeah, yeah. Because Hammy. Yeah. So Hammy was there. Hammy. Shout He's, out. Shout out. Yo, shout out Hammy. Big Hammy right now. Yo. He listens to the show. He's down there. He's doing a great I job down in San Francisco. Or not San Francisco. No, New, New Orleans. Orleans, man. Stop. I was just texting He's him. so good. Day. I love that guy. Hammy's a buster. Ugh. Big ass buster. You hear me, boy. <laughs> uh... Chris Ham's doing great. Uh, He's great. He, he wants to come down there. I've known him a long time, but he said that one of the guys at the <laughs> dinner was banging around plates. Oh, chef was like, fuck. chef was like, yo, he's got to, he's got to go, got to go, homie. yeah, got to go. That was like, <laughs> oh man, it, that was that was one of the more brutal things I've seen because the guy was so stoked to be there and be was working. Was he nervous or what? He was, was so nervous, and he good. sent me this like really long apology the next good, day, man. and I was like, I emailed him back, and I was it's like, dude, good. don't think yeah, like it's, that. It's like nobody's good. gonna. It. I was like, you just gotta understand, like it's an open kitchen, and we're right there, and it wasn't anything personal. No. It's just like an anomaly of a time. Huh? And I was like, I'm so sorry. I, 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 dude, broken hearted. Like it, it killed me. Dude, like see him go. He's got to go. And like walking over to him, be like, Hey man, you gotta, you gotta go. Sorry. You know, well, so I, was, well, I was talking brutal. to him. He's like, how was it, bro? Like, what? Well, you know, how was it? And he was just like, man, it was, it was intense. It was great. Yeah. Everything was wonderful, but it was like, I mean, you're like, it's so like professional. Yeah, it There's is. There's no playing around. That's the way it There's goes. No, but that's just the way it is. <clears throat> but that just reminded me there. So shout out mm, Hammy. Ham. Uh, but I've been at work at places and they're like, yo, mm-hmm. if you guys don't knock down the racket, we're going to have a quiet kitchen. And I was like, <laughs> you'll not have a line. <laughs> we're all out. We're yeah, all fuck gone. You. <laughs> um, so I want to wrap up the show real quick uh, with a story that came to my attention through Eater. Uh, the original posting was on fatbeatsproduce.org. Org, uh, and then it is about imperfect produce. Imperfect words that you can't say on a microphone. Right. Sorry. I was like, trying, I was trying to remember the name of it because I couldn't remember. I was typing like impossible produce. That's like, no, uh, the impossible, impossible burger. burger. I had one the other That's day. right. Or is it imperfect burgers? Yeah. Impossible Where'd you burgers, have it at? Uh, we did a, a cater out and had um, vegan and vegetarian people. Yeah. So we bought some meat. 
and seasoned it and made it. <laughs> oh, you bought you bought some meat. Yeah, impossible. I was like, burger. well, that's not that's no, 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 not no. impossible. We, we bought the, you bought yeah, the raw, the raw impossible. Meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Burger, burger. I mean, once we seasoned it, did you it, eat it raw? No, you gotta try it raw, man. I I I don't want to. Um, <laughs> I was gonna try it cooked. It kind of like freaks me out a little bit, you know. It's good. It's not that it freaks me out. I just didn't have too much time to like was, fucking go down the the rabbit hole with was it. That but your it was first good. time having it. It was good. Was that your first time yes. having it? After we put our seasonings and everything on it, it's and cooked it, fire. it was good. It's fire. If you served it to me and I had a couple drinks to me, I wouldn't notice. No, it, no. I think the thing about it is if they have they have to tell you. Like if you're at a dive bar, some shitty dive bar, and it's so like, and it's got all the fucking mayo, yeah, another bullshit on it. It looked like shaved mushroom put together with a little bit of like potato, yeah. like the aesthetic so of it. Keep it. And so I can tell, you know, obviously you can say it doesn't look like fucking beef, and that's fine. I don't care. The flavor of it was great. I enjoyed. It. I would definitely do it again. I uh, yeah. And people, we go to a burger place, and I'm like, I've been dieting, whatever. Sure. And people are like, I gotta get a burger, and I'm like. You got an impossible burger or a vegetarian burger or a black bean patty or mm-hmm. something like that. And I'm like, what's the fucking point of getting a burger? If yeah. Not? And I'm like, I love meat. I enjoy meat, but sure. you can't fucking eat it all the time. No, I get you it. Just can't do so it. So I don't eat a burger every day. Right. Every once in a while. Yeah. Um, so like I said, imperfect produce. Yes. Uh, now, have you used imperfect I did. Produce? When they first came out. So I was walking, so out, I. I was walking out of Whole, Whole Foods one day. And there was a person out there and they're like, hey, and I'm like, why are you yelling at me? And uh, I walked over to him and they're like, hey, we're doing this thing. We're from San Francisco and we're just launching this and we're giving, you know, discount or whatever else. I was like, yeah, whatever. And so I had no idea what it was. I just like, well, food, something new. I'll try it. And then I went home and I I read a little bit more about it. I was like, oh, this is kind of a cool idea. Uh, And so I did it for about a month. Did you enjoy it? I didn't. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It was just me at the time. So it was like it was imperfect. You are a perfect. It's it's I can probably see how it's good for some people with like a family or whatever else. But it was just me at the time. So it was enough vegetables for two people. The vegetables that I get in my restaurant restaurante restaurante. um, (laughs) It's. You know, I can end up with odds, ends, and pieces for myself, too. So I was like, this is a cool idea. It's not for me. Yeah. I could see who it would be good for. Um, the produce, I was expecting uglier produce than what I received. I was actually like, this yeah, is actually kind of nice. The shit that they advertise, I was expecting that. I, I wanted to see weird shaped I want, shit. I wanted to see the carrot <laughs> with the penis. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I, I wanted to see, see the eggplant that was like super skinny and like a weird shape. I want to see the, the, the yeah. guado. Uh, right. I wanted, to have, I wanted to have an ugly ratatouille. Yeah, I wanted to have an ugly ratatouille. <laughs> I wanted to have ugly carrots. I wanted to have like all these ugly things. And I was like, I wanted it to be like a little bit more Frankenstein shit. Yeah. Um, so maybe that was, you know, looking at pictures on them and going like, I want my stuff to look like that. All right, so Eater just had just posted the story. When did they post this? Yeah, on October 5th. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they picked up the story from the company that I actually happened to, which I had mentioned earlier, is a company by the name of Fat Beats Produce, and they are located in around Silicon Valley. Oh, nice. Uh, they, nice. They are a community service it. agricultural enterprise. They work with local farmers. Uh, they work with youth programs, low-income neighborhoods, too. And this is what they were doing. Before Imperfect Produce came along, they were working with small independent uh, farmers of color, young entrepreneurs, like they were working with small farmers and they were taking their uh, ugly produce yeah. and they were using it with youth programs or they were taking, they were selling it in uh, low income neighborhoods That's and great. they were working with the community. Sure. And they received one day that back in 2015, they just uh, received an email from a company that uh, uh, didn't even have a name yet. 
It was, they said they were a startup produce company uh, who were serving the East Bay. They wanted to partner with them. Um, and they, the subject line said, we support the work that you do. Mm. So they had told kind of worked with them and were selling some of the selling some of their extra stuff that they had um, to them. And basically what they did is they they swooped in, took their business model and ran with it. And they had a bunch of venture capital funding. Uh, Three years later, uh, they noticed they had a 30 percent drop in their customers uh, through their website. And they were not getting um, a lot of the farmers were selling straight to imperfect produce. The issue that they're saying is happening is that imperfect produce is buying up all of the produce that is supposed to be going to uh, low-income neighborhoods, yeah, um, food banks, yeah, uh, and then they're selling it to like just and then they're selling yeah. it for inflated prices yeah. they, to tech bros. Yeah, a lot of the companies that were working with that actual product, they weren't looking at it as so much as a commodity or um, a, a capitalist uh, mindset. They were looking at it as more to give back to the community. Gotcha. Yep. And They're just to, like trying to feed people that needed it. That's right. <laughs> and they were looking for a good, a good way, a wholesome way. And they were working with small companies. Like, they weren't working with the big time farmers, you know? Well, so, but don't they have a choice just not sell to them and say, hey, listen, we'll just, we're, we're still going to take this produce and we're going to send it where we were originally? Maybe. I mean, but again, if you have somebody as a farmer, if you have somebody that would give you a little bit, probably more steady business, you'd probably take it, I think. You know, I mean, I, I think they're offering a lot more money mm. than some of the smaller companies are um, offering them. So they're buying. So some of the smaller, these smaller CSAs mm-hmm. uh, were coming into the farms, and they were coming in, and they were they were picking what they wanted. Gotcha. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and also, what Impossible Produce is doing is they're working with some of the larger imperfect. purchasers. Imperfect produce. What am I saying? You said Impossible. Impo- imperfect fine. produce. It's like Rivera. <laughs> Damn, Riviera. R- Riviera. Son of a bitch. Son of a bitch. <laughs> um, <laughs> So the issue that they're having is is that they're also working with the larger farmers and they're buying up all theirs. So there is no sh- quote unquote shitty produce yeah. left to go around the scraps like the surplus. there's no odds and the ends surplus to feed the homeless. That's crazy. To go to the schools, to go to the hospitals, yeah. the homeless shelters. There's nothing left for anybody and they're commodifying it and they're basically um it's gentrification yeah. of our food system. Again. Yeah. In the millionth, thousandth way. Yeah. <laughs> uh, article basically is bringing up is they're, they're, they're not, I mean, yeah, they're upset about what happened, but they understand business is business. Sure. But they're still wanting to work with um, some of the small farms and they're wanting to, and they just, there's no, there's no room. Yeah. There's no room to work with small local farmers. The only thing they said is when farmers markets come around and they they keep a small amount for themselves to take to the farmers markets, everything else is being bought up yeah. by some of these larger companies. So I just wanted to inform some people about what was going on. Um, Do a little bit more research before you jump on the. I didn't know. Yeah. I mean, I no, that's what I'm saying. Like I you did. Know? I was all in. I was like, oh, great. Yeah, it <laughs> sounds really good. But I, I I think one of the other questions that I had about this this situation and this issue is does this affect the restaurant industry in any way? I don't know. I mean, I, I work with small farmers too, and I know they don't make anything. No. They, 
because no, they're they tell me and they want to keep their farm. Yeah, and the chance they have at actually making some money sometimes is at the farmer's markets because they're actually selling directly that's, to yeah, and they're so not doing yeah. wholesale. And But it, that's a very limited time. I mean, I, I, I work with, you know, King's Garden, you know, Annie, mm. and she's like two and a half months out of the year where she gets over this side of the mountains. And her yeah. season happens really late for a lot of the stuff. So she had tomatoes in fucking October. <laughs> you know, and she's like, nobody's buying tomatoes because it's October. I was like, I'll, I'll, Annie, I'll buy some. Yeah. You know? Um, and it's it's just kind of weird because on a restaurant level, there's stuff that I buy in between that's from instead of farm, local farmers is getting through Frank's. You know, if I just need some commodity stuff for stocks and things and whatever, I can't have bespoke vegetable everything. Um, but, you know, if I can get some filler stuff in, cool. If not, then, you know, it's it's tough, man. It's tough. That's a tough thing to think about because I, I would love to say I want to support small-ish farmers all the time. I'm in the middle of fucking Ballard, dude. It's tough. It. You can't do it. It's tough. Well, I'm I'm also on the fence. I, I you know I don't know when I brought up the story and we were talking about the story before me and Eric started discussing it on the show today. I said I really don't know. I'm kind of confused about this article and this story. Is I understand where they're coming from, but I also understand where um, imperfect produce is coming sure. from. Yeah. Um, they don't see. The people who started this company, they're not looking at it as um, we're here to take it over. Right. We're here to fuck shit up. Like we're here to fuck everybody else, seek and destroy. Right. They came into it with something good in their heart. Right. And they went to somebody with some money and told them their ideas. And the people with the money said, fuck yeah, we can take over and, and we'll make hella money off yeah. of it. So from their point of view, you got to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. So from their point of view, they are reducing food waste um, and they're helping people eat better. Sure. You know, it's kind of farm to table, of I course. guess you would say. Yeah. Because they are working with small farmers. But it's just, this is the way of the future. I think also it's on, there, there's a consumer level thing that happens as well. I mean, when you go into a Whole Foods or a QFC or a Safeway and everything's organized beautifully, like these Roma tomatoes and this stuff, and it's like you're out of season for that shit, but yeah. it's still there. I mean, we're still seeing that on a level where it's people are just recipe hunting to go buy things and, and they need to have seasons. it and they need to have it. Cause if not, their recipe's fucked and they can't make this and Oh, dinner's over and more stress, more stress, more stress, you know, but if you go to a grocery store and you start touching things yourself, what are you going to do? Grab the ugly one or grab the pretty <laughs> nice one? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And if there's an option, if there was an option at a Safeway or a Whole Foods that said, here's the pretty one. And then here's the manager's markdown special. Which one would you buy? Well, depends on the, Depends on the recipe or depending on what I'm going to do with it. You know, a, a, a bruised tomato. Fuck yeah, that's sauce. You know, a really nice one. Uh, probably not for the pico de gallo that I need to cut nicely. But everybody has their own opinion of what they exactly. like working with. Exactly. I think that I think what you're saying is the issue is there's uh, too much of a choice. There is. You got There is because you can get things year round. A lot of things year round now. And if people jumped onto more of that super hyper seasonal thing. I mean, I saw an email the other day of, of a purveyor out here. They're like, people, please stop ordering fucking tomatoes or heirloom tomatoes. <laughs> Take them off. You're already, you know, and it's, it's, you can look back at a restaurant level. You know what that is. Somebody yeah. has a fucking order sheet. They haven't updated and somebody's yeah. walking in the next day going what the 20 fuck? pounds, heirloom tomatoes, yeah. check 10 pounds, onions, 10, you know, and they don't, they're just, 
supplying that customer, supplying that guest. Um, I did read about this when I first, I, I know I researched it when I heard about this company and mm-hmm. I, I found out is that the guy that started the company, his name is Ben, Ben Simon. Um, but he had started at his high, at his college, the university of Maryland, mm-hmm. uh, the food recovery network. Uh, it was a nonprofit that salvaged food from the university dining hall that would end up in the trash. It's pretty cool. And then he started, what had happened is his, so he comes from a good place. Mm-hmm. He started, he started that at the university of Maryland popping back up in my head. Um, then he started going to around to other colleges and showing them how to do it. That's really cool. Um, and they praised him and he actually got a job out of this and he was showing them how to save money and prevent food waste. And then he started uh, Imperfect Produce. So he was coming from a good place sure. and I understand what he's trying to do. Um, the problem is also they're moving down to New Mexico now. So it's, it's, so. it's basically just scaling and then getting money and then having investors and all this other stuff yeah. at the end of the day that kind of skewed the message. Yes. So don't fucking get investors. Yeah. But how <laughs> you don't know? You I know don't, what I mean? Like, I don't understand. Why, keep, I don't understand why people need to be so big because people need to get money more to scale. money. They need to get money to scale. Yeah. And then those people who are their investors go, when the fuck are you going to profit from this? How am I going to get something back on this investment? Because it's not like a not for profit thing. The company's not set up that way. No. If they were, then that's a whole different story. Then you can go, okay, cool. Nice. These guys are actually doing this and it's, they're putting money back in and they're helping people and they're doing this stuff. But then you flick on that switch and goes, okay, we're going to make money with this shit and we're going to get, you know, money and venture capital and all this other kind of stuff. And before you know it, you're like everybody else. Yeah. And pretty much that there, there was a, uh, when that imperfect produce mm-hmm. first started, there was a, a couple, a lot of different companies that did this, mm-hmm. but Whoever has the the flashier brand the and yeah, exactly. marketing and marketing PR strategy. and yeah. everything else. Yeah. Great. You're, you know, piece of poop has a Ferrari symbol on it. You're a better <laughs> piece of poop. <laughs> well, I just want to shed, shed some light on uh, this topic. And I wanted to uh, try to urge people to do a little bit more research and try to go to the farmer's markets a yep. little bit more often. Go visit a farm. Talk to your local farmers. Um, it is one of my favorite things to do when I do go out of town is yeah. look up a farm. And see how your farmers are doing during yeah. wintertime. Check yeah. in on them. They might have some other stuff you can buy from them. And there's really, 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 everybody uses the internet. It's really easy to see what is in season. It really is. It, I mean, it really, really, really is. And it helps because you know that's local produce. For sure. You know? Absolutely. So, um, Keith, do you want to uh, wrap up the show with some good news about... Uh, he uh, won the lottery. <laughs> He's leaving yeah, us tonight. No. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, there's been uh, somebody, Grub Street, just published a piece on kind of the fallout from <clears throat> the entire Me Too thing. And it just talked about uh, who all's been, who all caught a charge and who all uh, uh, is doing what. And as it turns out, for the most part, uh, they all got the restaurants back, didn't they? No, actually, most of them have been swept under the rug, uh, with the exception of Ken Friedman, who still has all of his stuff and he's fine. But Friedman, whatever. But most of them are being forced to divest or sell. In cases where there was actual physical assault, there was uh, the dude from Top Chef, Mike Isabella, mm-hmm. caught a bunch of accusations, and he's still kind of holding on. He's declared bankruptcy, but he's got a couple of flagships. But there were there were never any accusations of like physical shit with him. Yeah, Mario Batali still got Michelin stars. He, uh, you know what? Like we said, he's why do we f- need a tire company judging our fucking? That's restaurants? what I'm saying. But he's he's still good to go, man. Yeah, he can't he can't cook in public right now. Doesn't matter. He still gets money. Yeah, I think they bought him out. Uh, or they're trying. No, to. no, no, not nah, not he's, Babo, he's, not that he's, shit. He's gone. But he's still receiving money. That's what I'm saying. Oh, he? Yeah, he's not going to be like, oh, yeah, fuck it. I thought he I had to sell the stakes. Nah, no. dude. They tried to buy him out, but they didn't come to a deal. 
Yeah. That's too bad. And, so uh, he's still raking it. Yeah. Fuck, man. You can't trust a man that wears orange cro- clogs. Yeah. Crocs, whatever. Crocs, Crocs, orange Crocs. Crocs. Orange or Crocs. a fucking ponytail. That's what I don't do ponytails. <laughs> ponytails and Crocs. Uh, you're pretty much a uh, child molester. Speaking of sexual assault in the kitchen, uh, Keith has got some, uh, some recommendations for some TV- television to watch. No. We're just going to cut that out. What are you talking about? Oh, the, the Law and Order thing you yeah. guys were talking about the other day. Uh, we didn't watch it, though. No, no we didn't watch it. Keith is going to watch it, but I am. But I didn't get to it. I am interested in watching this episode of Law and Order um, Hell's Kitchen. It came out, what, last week? Uh, yeah, last week. Uh, I'm very interested. I think I, we're going to watch it and we're going to, okay. we're going to review it and see how close it is. Cause that's one of the things that I like about, uh, when they do movies or television or even, you know, what the hell's kitchen, the, mm-hmm. the television. So show wait, none of us know anything about this episode yet. No. Who do you want to bet? I do. I've read a little bit. Yeah. But who do you want to bet they modeled the chef on? Batali. Batali? Yeah. And that oh. crazy shit. Cause that was in the New York times and it Ken was. Friedman and all that kind of yeah. shit. But was it Batali? Was it Friedman? Probably Friedman. Or... Would it's New York and New York Times. Yeah. Well, the so the screenshot for the the front of the newspaper. Is it a in guy the with show, the orange Crocs on? No, no, no. He's got ta- he's got like he's got like a knife tattoo. He's got like the, the bandana, like the bandana tied. Uh, what do you call? So that? who's your uh, guess? Or was it that pastry guy that was in New York? I, it, Iuzini? Yeah, yeah. Uzini? I don't know. Iannucci? I don't know. I, I that was that guy was a big. That was a big too. deal too. They yeah, canceled he had tattoos the show. And all that yeah, kind they, of they canceled the show like right. three. That, that right. might that might be who was after. That's probably, yeah. But it's in the New York Ledger. Uh, wine bar. The title is Wine Barbarian. Uh, <laughs> Brooklyn prosecutor Jesus. covers up wine bar rapes. I oh, like that. Probably bars. nobody. Wine bar rapes. Bars. That's a that's like a good band name. <laughs> that's a terrible band name. We are wine bar rapes. I mean, it could be wine bar raps, and it could be like an open mic night for up and coming rappers. Me and my friend, we never started a metal band, but if we did, we were gonna call our, our name of our band Lobotomy Dirty Sodomy. <laughs> that's a true good. fucking story. Yeah. <laughs> fucking with no brain. <laughs> that's the name of the first album. That's gonna bring us to the end of <laughs> episode 118 of Grow Hot Logs Take Best Home. Probably. Uh, Seven minutes, thank you. Um, if you want to reach out to us on social media, you can hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at Grill How Long Steak Mister. Our Twitter is going to be at How Long Steak Mister. Uh, Email is going to be Grill How Long Steak Mister. That's Mister M R at gmail.com. If you want to get at me on Instagram, which uh, it's been pretty entertaining lately. And for our uh, Spanish speakers, Grill How Long. Uh, senor, senor, si. I'm just kidding. There's si. that one. Basura. <laughs> <laughs> um, if you, yeah, Bobby Stills on Instagram. Uh, Eric, what you got? Uh, Eric Veracooks out of Seattle. The usual. Get that brunch. Where? Shout out. Who? Who gave you the review? Uh, yeah, timeout. Yeah, we got we got called dude. best best brunch by timeout. Um, that was cool in Seattle. Uh, and you know, it's it's good. It's good. Yeah. We're, you know, we're having good good times. Shout out to Ingrid. She's Ingrid. always here. You know Hi. what I'm saying? In the corner. Keep the glue that holds it together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, podcasting needs, uh, social media content, video, audio production. All that. Uh, you can uh, email Keith. Keith. Uh, look him up at uh, www.sadcastingnetwork.com. Uh, yeah. That sounded great. <laughs> and uh, I want to thank everybody out there for listening, tuning in. We were going to shoot a video today. Uh, we got to get Eric before he cuts it. I'm afraid he's going to cut it. No, I'm not going to cut it. Because I saw you've been posting like <clears throat> pictures of you and uh, from back in the day. Oh, no, yeah, no. That was like that election night thing. You know, that was the election night thing yeah, of like, you know, voting in 2016 and voting in 2018. 
the train wreck I've a become. A whole different man. A whole different man. Uh, sh- shout out Johnny. It was good seeing you today. Johnny. Johnny uh, Tsunami. Shout out Halel. Brandon to her. Shout out Amy. Love and you. Hammy. Oh, big ham, big ham. You know what? If we, you know what? Next week, you want to have him call in? I would be a fuck. That would be a goddamn amazing. He's been begging me. I can't. Even, I, I just got really excited right I there. I think he's at Carousel. Where's he at? I don't know. Somewhere in New Orleans, doing he cool d- shit. I, I look at his stuff all the time. Yeah. Well, he went down there expecting one thing, and you know that's how it always goes. It always goes. And he ended up somewhere. He's doing great, and I love him. That's great. I'm glad he got out of town, but he'll be back. Yeah. So we're yeah. gonna have him on the show next week. I'll schedule. Fantastic. It. All right, guys. Peace. Bye. Peace. <laughs> Grill. How long steak, mister? Five minutes out. Eat a dick, bitch. <laughs>